Welcome to Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Saventi. Good evening. All right. Good evening, Craig. Hello. Hello, Mike. Uh, welcome, listener. This is a podcast called Verging on Greatness, where me and my friend Craig talk a little Hello. bit about a podcast that is, as the title suggests... We talk a little bit about a podcast or a, a movie. Podcast? We talk a, a little movie. bit about a movie. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Already. Already started. Um, <laughs> talk about a movie that is, as the title suggests, verging on greatness. It feels like it's nearly there, but it just doesn't quite hit the mark. And we try and... It's not quite right. Try and figure out what is missing, what is not going wrong, what is not going wrong. What is what not is, going what right, is going? and um, uh, think about what we would change. What would what would make that a great movie? Now, as I've already flubbed two of my lines, uh, I was going to say uh, it's clearly what's going wrong in this podcast is that you're uh, suffering under the effects of not enough sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little worn out. So uh, we've recently started doing these on other sides of the world. Craig's Craig's moved. Um, Craig's moved from Lon- to London from Auckland, yep. New Zealand, where I still remain. Um, and so uh, this is our, only our second go doing these um, uh, on the other side of the world. And this time it's evening for me, morning for Craig. Uh, it is definitely morning. And I, I think the other way around might work better. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how we I go. Think, I think Mike's naturally a morning person and I'm an evening person. Yeah. So we might have to play to our strengths. Right <laughs> okay, but uh, I should uh, I should tell you what movie we're doing because this is a really cool movie. Uh, it's, it's the first movie that I thought of when I... Uh, when Craig and I were first talking about the idea for this podcast, and it's Sunshine, um, two thousand and seven, two thousand and seven movie uh, directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, it's written by Alex Garland, and it is so good, and yet so bad. Um, uh, <laughs> it's very just, problematic. Uh, there's there's so much to love about it. There's so many really really good things about us. Uh, spoiler alert! I should say we're we're gonna we're gonna dig right into this. It's from 2007, so if you haven't seen it yet, you've probably heard someone talking about it. So yeah, more on you than like we're spoiling <laughs> the end of the new Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been warned, people. So this movie's got a real pedigree. It's just some excellent excellent people involved. Oh, um, just top to bottom. Everyone about it. 2007. For da- so for Danny Boyle, this is before Slumdog. Yeah. Right? But he had yeah. already made... Uh, 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later. The Beach. Yes. Yeah, the, Lifeless the, Ordinary. The, of course. They, and they collaborated on The Beach. That's the writer, Alex yeah. Garland, from The Beach as well. Yep. Um, who went on to write... Um, I mean, essentially, I think he just writes movies now. I don't know if he still releases books, but... Um, yeah, he was an author first, right? Yeah, yeah. He did he write the beach? Yes, the book. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Alex Garland, he's a he's a director in his own right now. He did Ex Machina, um, and he's got something. Oh, and Annihilation on Netflix, which which I like both of. Yeah. So yeah. so really strong. Um, yes, some 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 talent real pedigree there some talent yeah, behind the talent. talent behind yeah. the behind the lens uh and talent in front of it and some talent in front of it um i, yep. can, I can't re- recall and talk me through the cast so you've got um obviously you've got uh killian murphy in the lead role of kappa yeah uh, cliff curtis new zealand's own hey. cliff curtis he can play he can play anything from a from an, an arabian terrorist to uh south american uh, to someone from Los Angeles, Cliff Curtis, multi-talented. He's a great man. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's easy to kind of it's easy to kind of brush that off with with just the fact that he's <laughs> he's got this kind of ethnicity neutral uh, look. But ethnicity it's, it's look to a, a, a lot it's of a that. Talent. A lot of that is yeah. is talent, right? That's actually that's yeah. performance. Yeah, he's really good. Um, have you seen the movie uh, Training Day with uh, Denzel Washington? No, I never saw that. So he plays um, a Latino gangbanger in that, um, and he's he's unrecognizable and brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was immediately before this, I think. And obviously, he's famous from New Zealand for being in Once for Warriors. Was it? Yeah. Uncle Uncle Bully. Uncle Bully. Um, 
yeah yeah he's he's uh both awful and amazing if that's possible in that film absolutely yeah uh so you've got um uh killian murphy michelle yu um uh hiroyuki sonata apologies um rose byrne benedict wong chris evans uh tony garrity who i don't really think did much of anything uh, that I'm aware of, um, and finally, uh, random random third act, Mark Strong. So. <laughs> okay, we we got to talk about that random third act because so let's let's get that out of the way. Any anybody who is anybody who is listening to this is going, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. that random third act. Oh you either you either love the third act of this film or you hate the third act of this film. I I personally fall into the do not like the third act of this film. Yeah. So well, it's it's just, it's so incongruent with the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie yeah. is, um, you know, it's it's first two thirds are taught uh, psychological space thriller, um, yep. in the vein of Alien, in the vein yep. of um, Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, of course. Yep. Um, Event yep. Horizon. Yep. Um, and then uh, you switch straight into Aliens mode yeah and then mode in the second slasher yeah. horror um yeah uh evil evil monster on the loose who has been yeah has been living off the sun i don't know so, uh, he had he had they make a point so the the plot of the film uh just for anyone who doesn't know is that the uh the sun the earth's sun is dying and two missions are sent to the sun with a with a bomb that's going to effectively kickstart it back into life and the first mission disappears without completing its mission the second mission um, on its way to the sun with the last hope um, for humanity finds the first mission and after some things go wrong they are required to dock with the first mission to basically get more air because um, they're not going to have enough air to finish their mission and they discover um, the fate as it were, of the first crew. And there's a crew member that may or may not have survived the seven years it took for the, for the second mission to reach them. And uh, that's, that's, where, that's what Mike and I are talking about. It's a third act Mark Strong, um, who I don't actually think he was particularly famous at this point, but Mark Strong, he's, um, he's phenomenal. He's, he's great. He's got great presence, great voice. Um, he was excellent in Tinker Tailor Spy. Uh, but he turns up in the third act of this film, blackened like um, the way my parents used to cook steak on the barbecue, and, <laughs> and and he starts he starts killing people, and I I I, I do not like uh, the third act of this film, and uh, I think we were talking about it before, but you were saying like the third act turns into oh well I the third act turns into a slasher film, and I don't feel like it needs to turn into a slasher film. So. Yeah, I, I I think they were going for. I mean, I guess Alien. Well, I don't know. Does does it kind of do that in a way? It's you know once once you ramp up and once it's just Sigourney and the Alien. Yeah. It's 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 still it, yeah it still doesn't go full horror, does it? It's not like pumping audio, uh, wild cinematic effects. It's it's still taut, uh, even though there is even though the the action kind of kicks off in that third act. But they go they 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 go full full out on the on the slasher horror, um, I guess audio visual experience in the third act of this one. Uh, they sure do. It's it's like properly disorienting uh, that and uh, which I guess is that they're trying to give you a sense of how create that create that sense of how it's feeling for these victims uh, as they are trying mm. to escape um pinbacker the oddly named pinbacker the oddly named um, pinbacker yeah I, I think there's probably some literary allusion there that i'm failing to pick up on with a name like pinback with pinbacker um but anyway uh that's generous uh, yeah <laughs> Alex Garland's a smart guy. Yeah. Um, every er, everything he's done um, since this, uh, including including my, it's not even a guilty favorite. I just really like it. Uh, the Dread movie starring, um, uh, what's his name? The, the he's another Kiwi. He likes Kiwis in this movie. Um, uh, Carl is, Urban. 
Carl Irvin, thank you. Um, Bones McCoy. Um, for those of you who know him from the Star Trek series, um, Bone, uh, Carl Urban plays Dread uh, with a with a with an upside down smile, a frown that, <laughs> that exists only in the comics. I don't know how he contorted his mouth into that shape. They, He's fantastic. They do. Speaking of literary references, they do call the ship Icarus. Oh, they do. That's right. Which yeah. okay, you're, you're flying a ship into the sun. <laughs> but you also want it to work right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, those people have read the greek tale right like the, the point is is it flew too close to the sun and melted the wax and his feathers fell off so but and oh god also also, also <laughs> while we're doing while we're doing plot holes this, the point of this podcast isn't just to point out plot holes because it's not a bad movie podcast but um, no it's not the, the ship's fly the ship flies the second ship flies seven years after the first one and it is mm. identical so apparently there have been zero advances in space technology <laughs> in the intervening seven years seven that's, years yeah no one picked like up anything it's better like, it's like the challenger exploded and then seven years later <laughs> they just thought should we try it again let's do that again <laughs> let's not fix that fatal flaw yeah fuck yeah it. <laughs> We'll, see if we'll, we'll roll the dice. See if, I, see if yeah, this works yeah. better. I don't know. There's, there's much of this movie to to pull apart, but the um, yeah. Well, why don't we start with what's good? Like, I really like the first two thirds. I like that there's a problem. Smart people, and this is something I think you've heard me say many times. I like smart characters in movies making smart decisions, and there's plenty of that going around maybe not making smart decisions but there's smart characters doing things to advance the plot sure agency they're in control of their own destiny um there's not one but at least two grand hero sacrifices where someone's like take me for the better of the ship um and uh they they play very heavily on that that alien thing where they set up an obvious hero and then kill them off yeah um so tom scarrett in alien he's set up as this obvious hero he's got the best 70s beard you ever saw and um and then he's the first practically the first person to die once the plot kicks off mm. um and they do that with this as well so um hiroyuki uh sanada sacrifices himself trying to fix the ship which um gets them kick-started on their uh their course to the first ship that they've found um that that's great and then later on characters just keep doing that hero sacrifice which i don't know i think it kind of wears out its welcome a little bit by the third act yeah people I, have, I remember there's a lot there's a lot of really quite somber self-sacrifice and it's yeah it's yeah. quite i know you sorry you tr- you started trying to talk about things that you liked about the movie and immediately gonna bring <laughs> and it down immediately um, immediately bring it down yeah uh when when canada the captain kind of somberly self-sacrifices himself and i think that's about 30 minutes in i think that's around the first turning point um uh it's 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 pretty overblown it's pretty big and there's dramatic music um yeah uh, and there sure is and the other guys are kind of racing trying to get to safety trying to get over the rim uh and he's yeah. kind of staring into staring into the sun and there's this kind of each time this happens there's this kind of god analogy where uh people are kind of fascinated by the sun and it's like they're looking into their souls or looking into god or something so it's it's pretty overblown it's pretty big and that's yeah. like that's like 30 minutes in and then they build on that they and they, they they keep going and more and more people kind of grimly you know they sit set their jaw and say <laughs> say i'll i'll get us through this and and yep and launch them and launch themselves into some sort of um some sort of feat of will uh yeah. which causes them to die but for the yeah. rest of the rest of the the story too i there's there's on. a little bit of i just thinking about it now you, you were you were just saying um a, i think you made a, a religious uh, analogy there you're talking about how uh, people set their jaw and, and there's this god analogy yeah what, what, say that again what, what, do you remember what you said exactly because i that's kind of interesting i was just sort of thinking about that now um there's a lot of um i don't know there's a little bit of religious subtext in this film with people worshiping the sun so um cliff curtis starts the film by sitting in a room that allows you to look at the sun behind a filter and he, the computer tells you how much of the filter you're allowed to have 
so that it's still safe and cliff curtis keeps pushing it to the limit so he can get the full effect of the sun um and he's this, this coming to god moment where he's like um constantly talking about the sun and constantly looking into it and he's the psych officer on the on the ship and he's clearly the most deranged character <laughs> but um when, when canada when canada dies um he cliff curtis is on the microphone to him screaming tell me what you see tell me what you see he's got this absolute fascination with the sun and this absolute fascination with with what canada can see and like he clearly wants to be there in canada's place um getting burnt to death i guess but um yeah that's interesting i i I don't know if i actually picked up on that until now but there's i think there's a little bit of religious undertone in this film as well which is kind of nice um i I would have preferred more of that and less of the slasher flick but yeah (laughs) i guess you get what you get right I i do like and speaking of things we like i do like that unhinged psych guy trope i think that's that's really cool and cliff curtis of course nails it <laughs> um, oh he does he's he's just without kind of because you know it would be quite easy to overplay that and give him a bunch of kind of ticks or something but he's, right he, he, he yeah, does yeah, it all yeah. he does it all in just the way that he kind of stares he's just yes he's just got this got this kind of look and bearing where he doesn't feel quite <laughs> right um yeah uh, i do um I, there's another thing about it I like just watching it again um, uh, he he gets more sunburnt as the film goes on really um, yeah so he's he starts um, he's as I alluded to earlier the movie more or less starts with him in a, in a sunroom that's the only way I can describe it looking at the sun and he's got sunglasses on because you know you can't he had to protect his eyes the sun's so bright um but by the time that they're getting to the icarus uh one he's got um suntan lines along the side of his face from where the sunglasses have <laughs> protected his face and his he's got visibly he's got visibly peeling skin around his <laughs> neck and face so he's clearly been worshiping the sun yeah. a lot um so i think or maybe there's a version of the script where there was a lot more religious overtones. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, if you look at the history of religion and um, all around the world, we're effectively sun worshippers. So mm. um, I, I think there's, there's maybe Alex Garland was trying to say something to that, but then the studio got involved and we're like, no, 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 no. Give us more Captain America in space. That's what the, that's what the kids want. I wonder if that could also explain there's another thing that I don't understand which is it's not really a it's not really a plot thing it's but it's something I don't understand a decision that was made where the the premise is hinged on the fact that the sun is cooling down and it's getting too cold on earth Mm. this movie was made in 2007 that's that's 12 years ago we knew at that point that cold was not the problem facing the earth it yeah was, we had other issues it was hot we know we, <laughs> yeah. we knew in 2000 this is in the 50s we knew in 2007 we, it was too hot hot well we knew in we knew in the 1980s <laughs> that it was getting too hot so this isn't a new thing why is uh, why is the why <laughs> is the premise of this movie that they need to kickstart the sun to make it hotter I don't know why why we've done a pretty we've done a really good job of that without needing to knock around why why are they not and it's not set that far away it's set in 2057 so it's made in 2007 it's set 50 years in the future it's not it's not gonna be too cold in 2057 (laughs) i think if the sun started cooling down i think everyone would breathe a sigh of relief um because you know oh my god finally that air conditioning bill ain't gonna kill us no more yeah so yeah absolutely throw away your leaf (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah he says living in london where they've had the warmest winter on record so yeah so yeah yeah and so I, so I wonder if i wonder if that's tied to that uh if, if that's tied what they wanted to tie that more to that uh an, a god analogy rather than use the sensible thing which would have been the science that it's yeah it's too damn hot now speaking of <laughs> speaking of questioning questioning science i've I've got to challenge your uh, your comment about um, watching kind of smart people 
solve <laughs> solve problems in smart uh, uh, ways. I, like you're, I, I mean, don't I don't I don't respond well to challenging of my opinions, Mike. So the the, the, the Martian is is the obvious exponent of of that, and and I really like. Uh, I really like that uh, movie The Martian. Too. That's it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's really enjoyable. Um, to- Fun fact: first, first, oh, second audiobook I ever listened to, um, and I um I think I listened to it. The Martian. That is, uh, I listened to it and I immediately played it again. So I finished really? listening to it and then I was just like, I got to listen to that again <laughs> and played it again. And uh, I think that was me for for two weeks. I think. Um, I was listening to my car on my way to work. There were there was at least one occasion when I had gotten home from work and I sat in my car in the driveway, listening to the audiobook for about an hour longer wow. than I. Yeah, that's how much I like that audiobook. Um, that's sorry, I didn't mean to, to, to derail you there. But that's yeah. quite an endorsement. Should should that yeah. should, <laughs> should that be our podcast goal for like for someone to hit us up on Twitter and say I like I like to listen to your podcast so much that as soon as so it, much as soon as it stopped yep. I listen to it again. I, I think they should. Yes, <laughs> that is your goal. <laughs> hit us up on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or here on SoundCloud or wherever you happen to listen to and go. I liked it so much I pressed play again and started from the beginning. Yes. Get on it. Get on it, Twitter, Twitterati. Get on it. So this, so this crew, um, uh, I like, so the Martian, yes. And, and going, going back a little earlier, Apollo 13, um, does that to a degree as well, right? You're, you're, you only really see those people lose it. And I mean, and and the Martian is, is on his own, so he can't, there's, there's no, none of that kind of interpersonal tension to build up. And even in Apollo 13, when it is all of that, there's three guys and they're on a ship. They only really blow up once. Mm. These guys in Sunshine blow up at the drop of a hat. They blow up every opportunity they get. They are like children or or in space yeah or, or frat boys or yep. frat boys or idiots on a reality tv show um, oh absolutely wealthy morons um trying to make entertainment they are um like the worst that they are the crew if they were chosen by a reality tv producer they they even it's it's it, it happens before they even before the if you think of the inciting incident as being when they actually hear the first ship when they recognize Mm. it uh that happens about 17 minutes in and before that you you just get these people kind of snipping at each other and being uh uh getting like they argue and i think there's a there's a fist fight at one point and this is yeah. Right near the start of the movie. Yeah, Killian Murphy and um, Chris Evans get into an altercation because Killian took too long recording his message That's home. Right. So it, yeah, and then so, Chris Evans gets upset. So it makes no effort at all to build up that sense that these are uh, capable, professional people um, doing a, you know, they're here to do a job and they have been selected because they are, they have the interpersonal skills to deal with the the little annoyances that will that would drive regular people crazy these people do Mm. not have those they snip and they argue over over stupid little shit and they have no way to almost immediately yeah yeah so i don't you compare that to you compare that to the martian um with that crew that has to slingshot around earth to go back yeah like they are cool calm and collected at all times um, and I believe that's probably a better reflection of what the reality of a space mission like this would be. You'd you'd have these yeah. these absolute professionals, they these also, absolute um, um, human heroes, uh, who who would at the drop of a hat um, cut off their arm to save the mission. Um, and then instead you've got you've got these bickering fanboys in a, in a spaceship um, who seemingly are are ready to fall apart uh, with no provocation whatsoever. I agree. Um, maybe that's part of the reason I dislike this film, but well, dislike yeah, the, dislike elements of this film. The other thing you get in a lot of movies like that um, uh, is is you get a sense that everybody can do everybody's job. Like they're all they all have their area of expertise, but they're all yep. also highly trained. Um, they know a bunch of stuff. Where where yep. this this movie falls to that more traditional kind of Star Trek thing where 
They know. Yeah, there's one comms officer. They know the bit. One physicist. Yeah, they know the bit that they are there for, and uh, nothing else. And as far as as far as everything else goes, they are useless. So you got you got a lady on here who's a freaking gardener. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's her one job. That's all she does. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I agree. And and just going back to that Martian analogy, um, the what's his name um i forget the character and the actor's name uh matt damon i forget the um i forget the character name uh he's he's the um he's an engineer and the exobiologist um he can do Mm. like in the book in the movie he's a bunch of things you're right they all cross train um so you don't just send up one one comms person there's two people or three people who are who are qualified to do the parameters of the mission Mm. anyway yeah, this movie this movie has some issues. So clearly NASA standards have fallen in fifty <laughs> something years from when this movie was conceived. Well, it's, it's, so, yeah. it's just it's like it's fine, and there are great movies. There are plenty of other great movies that that use that use that trope. It uh, it, it it just takes. It's a different kind of movie, I guess. It's more. Yeah, it's more. Of it's that, not trying to be realistic. Yeah, it's setting up. It's yeah. setting it up more in that kind of slasher movie style where you've got your different you different characters and they're all going to die in, in unique and satisfying ways depending on which character you identify with and which one just pisses you off in the yeah, same yeah. way as a, a high school slasher movie you'll have the jock and the nerd and the, the yeah bitch the the bitch the or bitch slash i don't like using the word slut character the yep. promiscuous one there'll be the stoner um yep. there'll be the the rich boy and then there'll be the the virgin yeah the 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 virgin mary who survives yeah and um yeah you're right it's it it's an interesting um analogy i guess to make here but in those films though in those slasher films like they set themselves up so well um to to want these people to get some kind of comeuppance at the hands of your 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 freddy your jason or your freddy mm. um where they you you feel like they deserve their death um whereas <laughs> in this in this i don't feel like any of these characters deserve their death um so but that's 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 what it is though right like if you look at those friday the 13th movies that those, or or um the halloween films like those characters that die early on take halloween mm. um jamie lee curtis she's the sensible one who doesn't drink or have sex mm. or or smoke pot or even smoke in general she she she's the good person but all of her friends are these drinking mm. partying premarital sex having types and when they die you're like well they deserved it yeah um and you know go go get him jason you can't yeah um, you can't make a film about likable people getting killed without some sort of pushback that's not gonna that's um, not gonna be an enjoyable audience experience unless you're cabin in the woods in which case you take all those expectations and beautifully flip them and you make this weird wonderful sci-fi horror film Mm. and uh it's great um drew goddard i think um wrote and directed that and joss whedon produced it's fantastic Mm. um uh, if have you seen it no Oh, you should watch it. We should talk about it on here. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, back to this. No, I, so some other some, I, some other script things. So I mentioned I mentioned the first turning point of uh, the inciting incident. That feels like it comes away too late. Unless there's I don't know. There's maybe there's one earlier that I'm I'm not seeing. But that that feels like the point where the the story really kicks into gear is when you actually they they discover the um, they, they they discover the um, position the place, the location of the earlier ship, and they yep. decide to go and um, check it out. Um, uh, that so that feels like where it starts, and then the at the same time, I think the I think uh, you, you talk about the third act. I feel like it could work if if they transition more smoothly into that. I feel like that transition comes too late. So that comes that comes about um, 70, 75 minutes in. Uh, and, uh, there's a scene where he's um, uh, Cap is talking to the computer, and the co- the computer is is calculating the amount of oxygen that that they need 
um, mm. that's not adding up and the computer informs them that there's a fifth crew member on board even though you the audience know there's only four people left alive so that comes and it, 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 that's when that's the turning point where it becomes you, you get into that slasher mode but I feel like they could have transitioned that a lot more smoothly they could have had that come earlier they could have had that right. come you know around around the midpoint around 50 minutes it's 100 minutes all up if that had come around 50 minutes in there's an opportunity to transition a little more and build up the build up the tension build up the tension of this presence that you that's human but you don't know who it is well they and then, they try to do that i agree because they try to do that because benedict wong's character trey he's the one responsible for doing the calculations wrong that get them into the predicament they're in in the first place yeah and there's this whole bit with him committing suicide because he's so guilty because because of his actions at least two crew members have died by this point yes and um he he commits suicide in the film with um he by slashing his wrists but um there's a shot um of a tray of scapels and there's two scapels missing we know that we know that um surprise mark strong has one of the scapels yeah. we, it's implied that benedict wong has the other one but um, it, if if they if if they had done what you were talking about and brought that um, if they had brought the slasher flick part of it earlier in, like you could have this building escalation mm. where they assume assume that Benedict Wong committed suicide, but ah, he maybe he didn't. Mm. He was murdered by Mark Strong, but they don't they don't dwell on that or they don't. Yeah, and that, I think there's a, there's a way that we could have known that as an audience, but the, char- yeah. the characters didn't need to. You could have actually seen seen that mark strong turn up and like slash his wrists or whatever yeah. or you know because ben yeah i agree um i think if you this movie doesn't know what it wants to be it doesn't it does it doesn't know if it wants to be a hardcore sci-fi flick it doesn't know if it wants to be a um a slasher flick in space uh, i just kind of feel like it needs to pick a lane um be the hardcore science fiction flick be the slasher flick whatever just pick one you can't be both um or at least this film can't be both sure i don't know maybe there's a world in which you could make this film where it can be a sci-fi slasher flick in space with hardcore science fiction elements but well that's i mean it's credentials are there the, yeah Gosh. the credentials are there and i i feel like it's i feel like it's there it's just not it's it's just not it's not managed in quite the right way yeah I mean, I like a lot of things about this movie. I like the design. I like the the pretense at science. I mean, they had Brian Cox. Uh, he's a noted um, physicist, um, a celebrity physicist, I guess. Um, he did the he did a lot of the um, uh, he did the science. He was a science advisor on this film. Right. Um, Killian Murphy bases his performance on brian cox um brian cox even looks a little bit like killian murphy if you squint and tilt your head to the side a bit um so i mean i mean there's plenty of credential there i mean danny boyle is a competent um oscar winning good oscar winning director um i I don't feel like he should have won for slumdog millionaire but uh, 127 hours is is good train spotting is excellent um he's very competent very stylish he has a message he has a way of telling it he's really good uh, alex garland is clearly very good he he understood he's oscar nominated as well um ex ex machina i think one best yeah. best original screenplay i could be wrong um annihilation is fantastic that's a mind trip um no, but yeah i don't know i have another i have, a, I have another theory I have another theory that that would uh a, a small change that would improve this movie quite oh, yes. a lot i think uh we talked about it being a bit of a, a bit of an ensemble piece where you have a um you know a, a, a really broad array of characters I a nice a nice diverse yeah. array of characters yep, di- yep. yep. Diver- diverse cast you get a, a sense of a world kind of cast yep 100 um, although speaking of diversity now i'm going to get sidetracked here i've got to remember to go back to my original point speaking of diversity um the women don't come off very well in this movie no. they, uh, yeah. they don't have a lot of agency um, well there's only two in a, in a cast of nine I think one two three four yeah. five six eight eight nine eight 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 on the a crew of eight um, 
so two so two women and um uh, can can you name something that either of them does that moves the plot forward michelle yo um her character corazon gets really upset that the uh botany bay has uh um botany bay that's a star trek reference um the um that the botanics lab catches fire she's very upset okay that's not doing something though that's having something done to you <laughs> so no i can't okay. i can't name so not a lot of that, not a lot of agency yeah. for the women in this not a lot film, of agency although, although no. so racial diversity tick gender diversity eh. Eh, not so much in fact um is it is it uh cassie the rose burn yep. character rose burn so she makes it she makes it to the end with kappa she she survives till till the end she does but then he just leaves her she, she's not there she doesn't get to be there when he um th- when he's victorious when he um you know completes the uh whatever it is the, the setting off of the nuke like the setting off of the bomb they don't yeah. they don't share that together she, and and you don't see what happens to it she just she just disappears i guess i guess when you're when you're effectively blowing yourself up into the sun what's it matter right well she, <laughs> she i feel i feel like as a character she deserves a, a more glamorous death like she here we are talking about death she could have taken it in the room she could have taken out mark strong i mean <laughs> looking at killian murphy he hasn't taken out much more than a yeah. cold but um yeah so but she, rose byrne could have been the hero but yeah she, yeah. she just she's just poof gone um gone Anyway, so uh, I was talking about so I was talking about the main character Kappa. Um, yeah. Now I it takes a long time for him to actually emerge as the hero in this film. It does, and I, they 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 set a lot of uh, red herrings as to who the hero is yeah. um, from very early on. And I I wonder if it would be more narratively satisfying. Uh, don't change anything else, but put a a top grade uh, A-list actor in that role, someone really recognisable that you know straight away. If that dude is in a movie, mm. that dude is the hero. I'm rooting for him. Like a Brad Pitt or a, sure. or a Leonardo, sure. Yeah. Leo, Tom Hanks, yeah. Tom Cruise. You know, a, a real. Oh, this movie with Tom Cruise. Can you see this movie with Tom Cruise? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not about it's not about I'm not thinking about who is who would be good for the role, <laughs> but purely from a sense of knowing as the audience, who is my hero? Who am I rooting for here? So he's mm. so he's involved in that fight at the beginning, right? Um, the yeah. fight I mentioned with, earlier with Chris Evans. I don't yeah. I don't know if I'm meant to be on his side or not because I don't know who this guy is. Tom Cruise is in there. Uh, okay, that's that dude was saying hello to his family fuck that other guy with F- fuck chris evans yeah yeah with with, with Cillian, killian murphy you don't know can i can i just point out the the unlikeliness of um killian murphy standing more than 20 seconds in a ring <laughs> with chris evans yeah. chris evans is not is not captain america jacked in this movie but he is jacked he's got arms um, like tree trunks yeah. and Killian Murphy uh, looks like he hasn't had anything to eat in three yeah. months um, and um, um, so maybe hold on that's, so, uh, <laughs> maybe that's what they're going for because the okay the slasher movie trope is that the person least equipped is the one to face to, off and overcome the villain at the end so, that's correct so maybe they're setting that up Maybe, maybe they're trying to. Yeah, but I guess they're a, trying to subvert a, your expectations. It's not a slasher movie for the first. No, the it's first a science fiction half, film for the first two thirds of the of the movie. So I don't know if I'm meant to root for this guy or not. Um, again, and when it's, w- when watching it's, it again for this podcast, I get so frustrated when it turns into the slasher yeah. fight because it doesn't need to be that and movie. But carry on, sorry. When when you have when it's a slasher movie and it's and it's your your female lead, then you can yeah. you can put a you can put a big name female lead in there you put in you put in jamie lee curtis you um you put in Nef, sigourney, Nef weaver. Campbell, sigourney <laughs> weaver yeah yeah and then you know right from the get-go 
okay this, this girl is going to kick some ass at the end yeah. um and i guess was well, so uh, again that that's what doesn't work having a man in that role and it's 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 i guess they're going for his uh, his the reason he is he gets there in the end is that he is everyone else sacrifices to get him there because he's got the brain right he they need him to set the bomb off or whatever yeah. it is so he's the only one who can do it and there's there's several moments leading up to this point where they're like well you're expendable uh, we need to get Killian yeah. Murphy across the line. Um, so everybody else sacrifices themselves for him. Um, yeah. So I Again, so I think you're I, right. They're, they're subverting they're subverting that by not putting the beefcake in the hero role. They're putting the weedy guy in the hero role, um, and making him the least likely to get through. Much yeah. least likely to overcome um, Pinbacker than Chris Evans. Yes, but the impact that has because of the the change of direction, the change of tone, is you don't know you're rooting for him. You don't know he's the hero. Yeah, and they they do it like don't don't get me wrong. This movie does a lot of things very smart. Um, it does it does the subversion of expectations. Yeah. It does the um, the setup and the payoff. That does the one two punch. That there's a lot of moments. Rewatching it again, I was like. Um, there's Chekhov's gun in the form of the liquid coolant for the computer for Chris Evans mm. um, and then later on Chris Evans has to get into the liquid coolant um, and it's like oh okay that, that, I mean, there's a lot of you know, smart people making this movie and sure. I think anyone who who gets to this level of filmmaking is, is a smart person sure. um, and so there's a lot of a lot to like about this movie but again the <laughs> I, I, I always keep coming back to the um, why does it have to be a slasher film? Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just more speaking to my my uh, expectations of the film later, uh, and I should just accept the film for what it is, which is a, a fun sci-fi romp with a with a slasher film ending. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and the reason Killian Murphy's in this film at all is because he was in a he was in Twenty Seven Days Later, which is a Danny Boyle mm. Alex Garland film, and he looks he looks like a science nerd. If you look at um, yeah. Um, brian cox and 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 you look at uh killian murphy uh, if they're ever going to make a, a a documentary or a biopic of, about um dr brian cox they have to cast killian murphy he, he they they look very similar um i don't know just, there is i can't go without i can't go without this long without pointing out the other the other big plot hole that i, I dislike in this movie which is if he's so damn important why do they insist on him going out and risking his life in the first mission when they when they're going out to the 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 one where the captain dies where they're going out to try and fix the shield yeah they send, they, yeah they send absolutely 45 minutes later they're saying no you can't possibly endanger yourself You're yeah, critical, yeah yeah you can't protect yeah, yeah. you yeah and they put him in the spacesuit that looks like kenny from south yep, park they, um, they, they suit him up the first time something yeah. goes wrong they send him out there. Uh, I think um, Chris Evans clearly did that, or the um, what's his character's name? Uh, looking through the character list here, Mace. Mace. Um, Mace sends him out because uh, clearly it's revenge for um, uh, for for him missing his communication window back to Earth yeah. in the first place. Like clearly that's like some petty some pettiness by Mace yeah. uh, in the first piece. But uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe they were just trying to show how basically basically ill-equipped the kappa character is to to deal with situations so that later on when he deals with situations he can have a he can have a um a, an arc or a journey of character yeah. i don't know I, i'm str- i'm struggling to defend it in that regard <laughs> there's another part that really bugs me in this movie as well so um part of the part of the plot contrivance is that the the um the 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 lab the what do, you, what do you call that the the oxygen farm the plant mm. bay um the botany bay the botany bay um the, bay. Um, the plant uh, plant the plant plant <laughs> um <laughs> part, part of that part of that is it's destroyed so they can't make any more oxygen which means that they are going to die before they get to the sun um and then in the towards the end of the third act um or in the middle of the third act i guess they're in what is left of the 
the the oxygen farm, the plant bay, yeah. the botany bay, um, and they find a sprout that is undamaged by the fire, and it's just this glimmer of hope, like life finds a way uh why why is that even there why bother wasting time and effort to film that like (laughs) if you're gonna do that if you're gonna do that they'll die anyway um uh surprise mark strong makes sure of that um but i just like what what purpose did that serve like i i struggle with that i watch that now like were they trying to give you a moment's hope where you could say that they survived the the mission home did they want did they want at one point in the script was there a, was there a version of this movie where they they make it back mm. or one of them makes it back mm. because there's one plant left that they could extrapolate that out into more oxygen to get them home they make a point of talking about how the food supply would last longer if there were less people and, and all that other yeah. stuff uh, I don't know. it gets messy this this the story gets messy i think it loses sight of what it wants to be or or maybe this is one of those films that had 50 rewrites and Alex Garland was sent back to the typewriter 49 times to get the version that was filmed. I don't remember if there are any other, any other writer credits. If you, if you do, I don't think there is. Um, yeah, no, he's the sole, he's the sole credited writer yeah. on this film. Yeah. It's h- yeah. hard to know if it was underbaked, if he might've been under pressure to deliver and didn't get enough time to iron this stuff out or if it's over yeah it's overbaked and and you're right it's um too many too many rewrites trying to do too many things i think i remember reading in the um trivia for this um that there there originally was a, a much heavier um god and atheist argument made in the film mm. And when I when I look at that now, I, I clearly and given given Alex Garland's output since this film, um, he he clearly has something he wants to say about that. Yeah. And um, I think he was trying to say that in this film, but I think it got paired back to the to the the, the bones of the story, which is sun dying, bomb blow up sun, uh, save the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I which is fine i guess this is you know coming off the heels a couple of years earlier of like films like armageddon and deep impact and so it's kind of a a neat twist um and i think in 2002 they had that um steven soderbergh film solaris i think it was steven soderbergh i haven't actually seen it but it was a that's a psychological uh psychological uh taunt drama set in space uh with i forget his name most handsome man alive several times um and frequent collaborator of steven soderbergh um he's in it and i think that kind of bombed i think the studio kind of went "Mm, no we're going to need some captain american space in this Mm. so you know get back to the script so maybe that's what went wrong i don't know Mm. it's just one way or the other this film has got a lot of good things going for it and then i just kind of feel you're right it's overbaked you wind up with this convoluted mess i was i was ready to walk into this and definitely call it verging on greatness but we've virtually i've actually convinced myself and you've convinced me maybe it, is it wallowing yeah i think again i think it is i think it is wallowing it gets a really high score on imbb i think it's like in the sevens it's 7.3 and um on i checked it out on rotten tomatoes and it's 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 certified fresh at 73 percent um and watching it again so a little bit behind the scenes for people here this is our actually our second go at plate for this podcast um for this movie in this podcast the first one is what we're i'm going to refer to as the lost sessions because uh, they were they were shit <laughs> so, yeah. so we've refused to release them um and we've re-recorded this one but it was one of the first ones we recorded and every time i watch this movie um I think I have been too hard on it. I, I, I start off going, oh, I think I was, I think I was pretty hard mm. on it. And I, I don't think I needed to be. And then I finish this movie going, oh no, <laughs> I need to be harder on it. <laughs> Cause it's just, it is a smart film. There's, yeah. there's again, it's competent filmmaking. It's a solid, it's a solid premise. The script writing, although problematic, is good yeah there are moments to this film that stand out that that make me want to stand up and cheer yeah. 
but there are moments of this film that make, have me wanting to throw things at the screen the, and, yeah the um, look is good the music is amazing um all the performances are good the cast are all yeah the cast are all solid yeah. as they're all enjoyable to watch absolutely yeah i love benedict wong um i i love um hiroki um Sineda. uh I, i've butchered that name once again apologies all the way around um Hiroyuki Sonata. Um, he's great. I, I love him. Uh, Rose Byrne, she's amazing. Yeah. Chris Evans, I mean, you got to love him. Uh, Mark Strong is great in everything Mark Strong does. Um, Cliff Curtis, shout out to the homeboy. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone in this movie is fantastic. Killian Murphy, I mean, I don't really like him as an actor, but he is, he is good at what he does. Yeah. He's, he's, a compelling, he's a compelling actor. But there's every time I watch it, yeah. I come away from it going, not a good movie and god damn it (laughs) god damn it i want it to be a lot better than it is um so yeah when you brought this film up for the podcast originally like because we a little behind the scenes mike and i went to a a dvd store and we picked out films to to put onto the podcast i I think this movie predates that i think it was very it was very irl yeah in real life yeah we we very much picked this out early in the movie we wanted to pull apart um and again, coming into it, I thought this was be verging on greatness, but you know, I, I think I think this is a, a bit of a, a messy film um, that feels like two movies hastily mushed together. Um, there's smart things to say and smart things happening that are ultimately undone by just silliness um, and unbelievable characters doing doing silly things. Who who mere scenes before were being very clever, and it just frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, every time I watch it, I just get frustrated. So, all right, wallowing. Should we wrap it. <laughs> we should wrap it. I think I think we called it wallowing, wallowing, wallowing in mediocrity. Okay. Unfortunately, thanks for listening, everyone. Right. So, uh, uh, if you've got an idea for a movie that we should do, uh, absolutely get in touch with us. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, um, yeah. You can hit us up in the uh, in the in the comment section in SoundCloud. Uh, just let us know. Yeah. Um, all right maybe maybe you feel we got it wrong if you think we got it wrong tell us why yeah um happy to hear your opinion this is a collaboration of minds here. yeah and if not a di- not a dictatorship and if you want to share this with uh share this with your crew if you know people that are into into films then uh you should do that by all means <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the internet it's out there yeah. yeah so anyway all right all right cool bye everyone see you later everyone Thank you.